You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It's finally here, the start of the NFL's legal tampering period. Still one of the dumbest names in sports. But free agency is open for business. The Buffalo Bills have got in on the action early on, and we'll get to all of that here in a second. But first, I wanted to remind you, you can send in your questions for future episodes by using our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can also send a text message to that number if that's your preference. You can tweet us at RumblingsQ&A on Twitter. Send us emails, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts will get to me eventually as well. There are a lot of ways you can get in touch with the show to ask your questions as we continue going in to this offseason. I figured we would just start the podcast today going through all the moves the Bills have made over the last week and giving my take on each of those. And then after the break, we'll get to the questions that have been submitted since the start of free agency. So in order to set the table for the NFL's new league year, we have to go back to what the Bills did last week. As the Bills were approaching free agency, General Manager Brandon Bean got on WGR 550 a week ago now, March 8th, and said that the Bills were $6.6 million over the salary cap. Now, they don't have to be under that cap until this Wednesday, March 16th, but obviously at some point they're going to need to create cap space if they're going to sign players. So $6.6 million over. They started addressing that by releasing A.J. Klein. I think that was a foregone conclusion. He was making way too much money. It was a luxury that the Bills had when they only run two linebacker sets. They didn't need to pay a third linebacker, and so the Bills released A.J. Klein. They didn't use any franchise tags, and again, foregone conclusion, there was nobody that the Bills um, would consider franchise tagging. The next domino to fall was John Feliciano, who was released on March 9th. There's a little bit of back and forth about whether he refused a pay cut or not, but now that he's since signed with the New York Giants, I think another one of those foregone conclusions that as soon as the Bills released him, he was going to go join Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable with the New York Giants. Feliciano said he wanted to play center. Um, he wasn't going to get that chance in Buffalo. So even if the Bills did offer him a pay cut, it wouldn't surprise anybody if he said, no, just release me. So the Buffalo Bills released him last week. 
Then the Buffalo Bills agreed to a new contract with Matt Hawk. And a lot of folks have been saying, well, why didn't the Bills just release him? This is a shade next to releasing him. Um, his new contract is for the veteran minimum. Uh, they removed all the guaranteed money from it. So if they had released Matt Hawk and signed another player for the veteran minimum, I don't think anybody would care too much. So Hawk is a placeholder right now. The Bills are going to look to upgrade. So this is as close to releasing him as is actually possible without actually releasing him. So I thought that was a, a solid move. Um, I, I probably would have just released him, but at least you're not creating a hole. And that's how Brandon Bean likes to go into the offseason with options. He likes to sign as many players as he can. So when he goes to the draft, he has options. And this is kind of the same thing. You have a player there. Now you can look to upgrade. Next up on the list was re-signing Isaiah McKenzie. They pulled that off on Sunday. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, the wide receiver and punt returner. Um, when the contract numbers came out for that, I was pretty happy. Um, I had projected a veteran minimum contract for him around $1.4 million, somewhere in that range. He ended up signing for just a little bit more than that, but not very much. Um, you know, the, the reported deal was two years and $8 million, but he's going to have to hit some pretty significant incentives to get to that uh, financial landscape. Right now, it looks way closer to a two-year $4 million deal, which is, I think, right in line with, with what we were expecting from McKenzie, or at least what I was expecting from McKenzie. You know, I had people in my mentions saying that he's going to get you know, $6 million a year or $7 million a year from some other team people kept pointing to the Giants and I just never saw that happening so um, that was the next move um, again I think it's a solid move um, he wants to be here Josh Allen likes him um, you know you can put him in a lot of different roles I really hope he's able to lock down the returner role this year but I'm not holding my breath on that they've given him a lot of chances for that they re-signed Jay Kumaro another depth wide receiver uh, who also plays special teams, uh, veteran minimum contract for him. I think that's a really solid re-sign. Whenever you can get a player on veteran minimum who can be a contributor for your team, um, I think it's I think it's a good move. So Jay Kumaro uh, coming back on the NFL's veteran salary benefit. And then Monday happened. A flurry of moves. We had uh, the Bills releasing Daryl Williams. That came as a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, I thought that the Bills reducing his cap number was much more likely. We don't know if they offered him a pay cut to stick around at guard. Um, based on the moves that they made later in the day, I think it it's probably more likely that the Bills didn't make him an offer um, for a pay cut. But coming down from $9.9 million, which is what his cap hit was supposed to be this year, was a no-brainer. Um, I thought that they would bring him down to like a $6 million contract uh, and keep him slotted in at that right guard position. But I don't think that's a slam dunk now after some of the other moves that they made. So they release Daryl Williams. He signed a right tackle contract. He was never going to play under that contract as the guard for the Bills. But the thing I said earlier about not creating holes, now the Bills have a hole um, at that backup right tackle position, that backup swing tackle position. They don't have anybody on the roster that can do that right now.
They signed Mitch Morse to a two-year contract extension. Um, I really liked what Morse did in 2021. Uh, I like him as a, a person. Uh, I like that he's a leader in the locker room. I like what he has to say at press conferences. Um, I, I, it's a, a solid move. He took a pay cut last year, and uh, the Bills gave him a pay bump this year in return. So I think uh, it's a win-win for both sides, and, and he's saying all the right things now about wanting to finish his career in Buffalo. And, and those contract details are in, and I think they benefit both the Bills and Mitch Morris, and you can go check those out over at buffalorumlinks.com alongside Isaiah McKenzie's contract details. Then the Bills added uh, Roger Saffold to the offensive line on a one-year deal, essentially to replace Darrell Williams in the starting lineup. Uh, Saffold mainly plays left guard, and so um, I, I think you can slot him into one of the guard positions, but I would imagine it's going to be left guard. Um, not didn't have a great year last year, but made the Pro Bowl based on reputation. Um, and again, it's a one-year contract. I don't think they're done at the offensive guard position. And so, I mean, if, if I if this was the only move I thought they were going to make, I'd be a little bit suspect, but I don't think that. Um, we have reports from uh, Channel 4 in Buffalo that they're going to also tender Ryan Bates at that restricted free agent uh, level. Um, so again, that's a great move for them, I think, and the right price for a guy like Ryan Bates um, trying to establish himself as a starter on the offensive line. Um, but again, I don't think that's the only move they're going to make a guard. I think they're going to add a guard somewhere. Um, and then they signed Tim Settle from Washington, a situational pass rusher from the one-tech defensive uh, tackle position. Um they're banking a little bit on increased playing time uh, with him, but his cap figures are low. Those were reported out uh, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. So his cap numbers are, are very adequate for a rotational defensive tackle position. Um, and then pretty much right after that, Harrison Phillips signed with or agreed to terms with the Minnesota Vikings. And so you kind of see the writing on the wall because right after that, the Bills added Daquan Jones for the one-tech defensive tackle position. So the Bills signed two one-techs at almost the exact same time as Harrison Phillips went to Minnesota. So you have to think in the back of your mind that maybe all of those moves are related. You know, Harrison Phillips calls the Bills and says, I'm going to take this deal from the Vikings, and then the Bills pull the trigger on two guys that they've been talking to all along as well. Um, I, I like the addition of Jones and Settle. Um, I, they're not the big monster one-tech defensive tackles I was talking about in October over the bye week or even at the start of this offseason when I wanted the Bills to re-sign Harrison Phillips, but I think they're adequate one-tech defensive tackles. Um, you know, They still have Star Latule, they still have Eli Anku at that one-tech defensive tackle position, and um, it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. And then the last thing we haven't talked about yet is the signing of Mitchell Trubisky with the Steelers. I thought that the Steelers were always the kind of leader in the clubhouse for Trubisky. I think he fits what they're going for. He was going to fit their uh, value in Pittsburgh. Um, the connection between Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin, I think, didn't hurt. Um, so I, I just I think that it was going to work out that way. Uh, I th he'll have a chance to start there. Uh, his contract is right in line with what I projected. 
and um, we wish him all the best in Pittsburgh. So that's kind of where we're at now. There's a lot of like rumored interest in guys like Jarvis Landry and Danielle Hunter and oh, Chandler Jones and, and a few other players out there for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we won't get into that necessarily, uh, at least in this part of the, today's podcast. Um, but that's just a quick recap with some thoughts on what the Bills did on the first day of free agency. When we come back from this break, we're going to tackle the questions that were sent in by listeners. So don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get to the submitted questions for this week's episode, I wanted to remind you to head over to buffalorumblings.com. Pinned right at the top is our free agency tracker. All the information you could possibly need to follow free agency with the bills is up there. When there's rumored interests, when there's a contract actually signed and announced by the bills. When there's contract details, uh, we'll have all 22 analysis from uh, Jeff Kantrowski, Scarecrow. Uh, we'll have injury analysis from Banged Up Bills. All of that stuff will be right inside that tracker, linked right next to the player's name as your one-stop shop for all of our Bills free agency news. It's easily our most read article every single year because it's just so jam-packed with information um, to take you where you want to go. So make sure you check that out. Um, it's pinned right at the top at buffalorumblings.com. It's our free agency tracker. Over at the 716-508-0405 text line, uh, one of our listeners from Rochester who didn't leave his name, remember, leave your names when you're sending me text messages so I know who I'm talking to or voicemails, um, but says, hello, Matt, uh, with Russell Wilson coming to the AFC, I can see that as a good thing or a bad thing. On one hand, the AFC West will probably beat up on each other. So on years we don't face them, I like our odds of getting a high seed. But on the other hand, it increases the likelihood that Allen has to beat an elite quarterback in every round of the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. Plus, they may take wildcard spots, so we always have to win the division for the playoffs. I don't want to be like the Pats from the 20, 2008 season. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, I 
I want as many elite quarterbacks in the NFC as we can possibly get. So when Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos, um, that was just, you know, it's not great for the Buffalo Bills, I don't think. Um, I think it's better for the Bills to get home field advantage uh, for the for the playoffs because the AFC West, like you said, is going to beat up on each other a little bit. But that's only six games for each of those teams. And so, I mean, that, that would have been the difference between, you know, the Bills game being in Orchard Park and the Bills game being in Kansas City last year. So in a game that was as close as that game was, yeah, obviously that could have made a difference. So um, I'm not necessarily worried about it. You know, Russell Wilson's getting up there at age. And he's coming to a new team. We have no idea how that's going to shake out with, you know, new coordinators, new players on the team. You know, but now we're, there's, there's talk about maybe Deshaun Watson moving to the NFC. So that will help, you know, in that regard. Um, we just really don't know. And every year is a little bit different. There's always injuries. There's always things to, to, to take care of. And I don't know if Russell Wilson changes the landscape of the AFC. You already had Patrick Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and a bunch of really awesome quarterbacks in the AFC. And, um, yeah, the Bills are going to have to figure out a way to beat them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills having the number one pass defense in the NFL last year, of course, helps them. But at some point, they're going to have to replace those two safeties as part of that passing defense. And that's going to be um, probably the next big challenge for the defense is um, is looking ahead at what, what's going to happen when they have to replace Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. But, but that's down the line, I hope. <laughs> I hope it's several years away. And... Um, yeah, it's the AFC West is loading up. Uh, the Chargers signed a bunch and traded for a bunch of defensive players to try and combat what's going on in the rest of the AFC, and they can do that because they have a, a quarterback on a rookie contract. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens out of the AFC West in 2022. I'm kind of hoping that the Raiders win the whole thing and just like you know completely you know middle finger the entire rest of the AFC West, who's spending all this money in free agency and. You know, making all these trades <laughs> so that would be fun to watch over to the 315 do you think that the new offensive line coach Aaron Cromer will make a noticeable difference with Cody Ford or do you think that it won't really matter thanks and that was Greg from Syracuse I think if anybody can unlock Cody Ford's potential it's Aaron Cromer uh, Cody Ford is kind of more of that big mauler type of guard and so is a guy like Roger Saffold who worked with Aaron Cromer in Los Angeles with the Rams or maybe they were in St. Louis at the time no I, th I think it was LA I don't remember it was with the Rams regardless and Aaron Cromer likes coaching up mauling style guards and so if if Aaron Cromer can get his hands on Cody Ford to help him get his hands on opposing defensive tackles I think it's going to be a win-win for everybody involved so the Bills right now have, or are going to tender Ryan Bates. They have Roger Saffold under contract. That's already been announced because he was released. Uh, so the Bills could officially announce that signing. And then they have Cody Ford right now as their third guard. You know, and if, if they can coach him up, uh, there's no reason not to think that a talented guy like Cody Ford, a second round pick, who some projected to go, you know, at the end of the first round, the year he was selected, there's no reason to think that he can't 
make a huge jump under a guy like Aaron Cromer as offensive line coach. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's certainly a possibility. And um, if anybody can do it, it's Aaron Cromer. So thanks for that question over on a voicemail line. Or really, it's the text line. It's 716-508-0405. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Please send in your questions for next week's episode as we continue looking at the start of NFL free agency and eventually how it sets up the 2022 NFL draft. You can send those questions to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. Send us emails, Rumblings at sbnation.com. Plenty of ways to get in touch with the show and ask your questions about the opening of free agency, the management of the salary cap, and so much more. Thanks for listening, and go Bills! The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.